Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary status. Really, you do have a lot of useless knowledge up there in the head of yours. All right, Shane, uh, we've got another great podcast ahead of us. Now, we've upped the travel budget, so we've actually brought in a celebrity from Dallas, Texas. Miss Caroline Steele, originally from Lone Oak, uh, now via Dallas, Texas. Now, did you enjoy the first-class plane fight back home? Absolutely. VIP treatment. Thank Mm. you. Thank you. That's what we're known for here at DaxMyHand.com. We really, really try to treat our guests well. Um, we'll get some, you know, more champagne. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, let's let's talk, Miss Caroline Steele. So Caroline, you uh, a lot of people remember you as a tennis player in Western Kentucky and a basketball player. Talk to us. How did you get started in sports uh, growing up? What was your first earliest recollections? Okay. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I always just love coming back home. Well, I guess like any little girl, I. I always did lots of gymnastics and dance, and it began there. And then my older brother was always playing sports, so my sister and I were always at the ball field, at the basketball court, just doing all of that. And then, um, so from gymnastics and dance, you just start with little tennis lessons in the summer and little basketball leagues, I guess, that my dad started. There were lots of basketball leagues for boys at that time. Uh, but he thought, well, wait a second, why... Why aren't the girls playing too? So we would start playing at little churches. This is when we were little, like first grade. So I would play against people like Sherry Powers. Do you yeah. guys remember Sherry Powers? Oh, yes. Now, Absolutely. let me inter- interrupt you there for a second. You know, uh, I grew up in an area of Reedland called Shady Grove. Shady Grove. And uh, Powers Road is the road behind me. So, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I know Sherry Powers very That's right. well. Her whole family, great athletes. Mm-hmm. Her dad, Carlton Powers, was a great man. And my dad, Dax, remembers you very well. Well, um, I mean, it is the Legend Podcast, the legend. so we, we would expect hopefully, no different. Hopefully huh? he remembered you from going to school and not missing school, Dax. Let's hope it was that. So, so let's uh, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> okay. tell, tell us what your dad did so that the listeners will know maybe how you knew me. Okay, well, he was a truant officer, and I don't even think they call him that anymore, but he was... He just made sure all the kids were going to school. Well, you know, uh, happy. we really feared him. When I went to Reedland <laughs> in my earlier days, uh, and we would all play hooky to go to Tater Day in oh, Benton. Oh, Tater Day, yeah. You know, we really wanted to dodge the truant officers That's those right. days. So uh, so he did he ever have any good stories about Tater Day? Did he go up there looking for well, cracking I kids? I mean, he knew Tater Day. Of course, my mom's a Marshall County girl, yeah. but... Um, no, he never did because that was a different county. So. Oh, okay. So, so what you're saying is, I, I really shouldn't have worried you when I was up there. You should have worried about Tater Day. As long as I skipped the county, I, I was though. okay. That's right. He was pretty wild too in his day. <laughs> well, you know, th- those were the stories when you left Reedland for Tater Day. It's like, hey, you got to dodge the truant officer. That's a true story, Cosby. Yeah, That's Cosby right. is a is a native Marshall County and uh-huh. doesn't doesn't remember those fears because he was out of school on Tater Day. That's right. That's right. That's a holiday in Marshall County. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So. Uh, so you, you started playing uh, church leagues and yeah, stuff like that? And, yeah. yeah, sure, in the winter. And then lots of tennis in the summer, little tennis camps with, of course, you know, the Coach Heflin. 
Yes. Well, let's talk about that because you know, um, you know, most people in Kentucky know the the big sport obviously is basketball, and then you know, football is one of the other big sports. Which you probably didn't play football, I would assume. Well, I love to play football. I have to tell you the truth. <laughs> Like backyard football. And do you know my little girl, they have this select soccer team and they're incredible. And do you know they play select football as well? Really? And they kick butt. Well, it is Texas, it right? Is Texas. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's obvious. Yes. So, so, you know, really, tennis is kind of a, um, at least in at the local level, kind of a non. Um, it's not a mainstream right, sure. sport. Yes. So, so uh, I'm really interested in how you got started in tennis okay. and kind of how that went. Because, okay. you, you know, uh, I can't recall in, knowing anyone growing up, really, that played tennis. Right. And you were one of the – and one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you, you were one of the first – quote tennis stars that i remember kind of at the high school level right in in this area so kind of talk about how well, your development I mean, went. let's talk about mel Purcell first we'll go back yeah, to mel in a minute this is true right so um my mom who went to murray state and she was a cheerleader there because of course women couldn't really play sports <laughs> then but she played ping pong and she just played everything she could do and then so after they got married and lived in lonok and she was a teacher she would start with those group lessons with coach Heflin, those women groups. And so she got really into it. She's a great tennis player. Mm -hmm. And then that's just kind of how we started. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was coach Heflin at that point, had he already, was he already coaching the high school team? He was already coaching and he had already built some great players. It really has built a dynasty. And I, that's what I love about Western Kentucky. We have so many incredible sports dynasties here for a small area. We have a lot of great athletes that come out of this area and that just gets me excited. I love to talk about sports and great athletes. So Coach Heflin started. And with our group, our age group, he really, um, we started very young. And there were a big group of us. Um, Julie Grogan, her father, Dr. Grogan. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Edwards was a great little tennis player. And we all started together at that age. So he had us from we were very young. So he just kind of, we just, he just kind of developed us. And just such a great person and coach just to be a great coach to me, besides being able to inspire and motivate people, you kind of have to be obsessed with stats and details. And he had all of that. So so you, you talk about how he developed you. Um, kind of go back to those early days. What were some of the things that he did with you guys that, that stand out to you uh, so, early on? You know, just besides working hard all summer, and then he would arrange for us to come up in the wintertime and play in Ken Lake. He would, uh, we would travel to Nashville or Memphis or Chattanooga just to play these bigger teams to get more competition. Um, lots of practices, just private lessons, just anything. So was was one of the, you know, we had uh, Steve Beckett on uh, our last podcast, mountain biking. And one thing that he brought out to us that, uh, that a key in mountain biking, and I would assume it probably follows through with tennis, is he had, he called it the triangle, the success triangle or championship triangle. He said, you know, you, you develop skills, you gain confidence, and you develop fitness. If you do those three things, it, it equals success. Would that be true as well in yes, tennis? Yes, absolutely. And then you have that mental aspect mm -hmm. of the tennis side. But we did. We would do off-season training, which he kind of started. You know, that was kind of new back then. Not a lot of kids were doing all this agility training with these specialized coaches, you know, back then. So we did it all with him. 
And I and you know I remember uh, we had friends on the tennis team up here at Marshall County, and and you know the thing that I remember is I don't remember seeing anybody ever play until the spring. It was a spring sport right. at that time, right? Right. I, I don't remember ever seeing anyone play until it was tennis season, right? Right. And so you know I would say that definitely Lone Oak, and of course now he's at McCracken. Uh, you guys were way ahead of the curve yes. on that. And yes, he just knew what he was doing, and you have a lot of parents that are really committed. You have to have that big commitment from parents especially, and then playing lots of summer tournaments, and he would just advise us, you know, all these tournaments to play, and then you just get in it and you learn how it all works, and then you just stay with it. Was he, when you were playing, say, tournaments away from school ball, did he come around and watch and co- even kind of coach you when he wasn't really actually your coach? Well, of course, there was the big Paducah Sun Tournament, which he ran, and lots of kids would come in from that, like Louisville and Lexington, the bigger cities. As far as the big tournaments in the summer that were in Louisville and Lexington, Elizabethtown, he wouldn't really drive to all those, but he made sure, you know, we were all going. Yeah, kept tabs. Sure, kept tabs he knew everything. He knew everything <laughs> that was going on at all times, which, you know, great coaches. So Coach Heflin obviously kept tabs you guys, and to me that would demonstrate that he really cared about you guys. Could you talk about that, yes, maybe some of the yes. off-the-court stuff? Yes, some of his players – who've graduated to become doctors and businessmen living all over the world, they would all come back here in a second to sit here and talk about Coach Heflin and how just how much he affected their lives. He was just so loving and you feel so comfortable, you know, just you would give him everything you had. And he just kind of just truly, truly cared about his players. Sure. And don't you, you know, one thing we've noted uh, through a lot of these interviews is, the the athletes who've really succeeded when they talk about their coaches they talk about that that they cared about me yeah that's kind of a common thread that runs through you know uh, we were talking about the randy white interview he talked about how much coach cox cared for them and Mm -hmm. he talked about bill curry you know he could tell bill curry cared about them and and that that's really i think an important thread that goes through this that coach absolutely absolutely that passion you could feel coming from him passion or maybe a little bit obsession, whatever you want to call it, but it just brought out the best things in you Mm -hmm. and you wanted to do the best you could do and be. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about your basketball career now. So, so you, uh, so you start out in the little leagues and, and you eventually, you know, got up through middle school. Anybody, any influences besides your dad as you come up through the basketball ranks? Well, besides, I mean, Jeff Brasso from the University of Kentucky. (laughs) Wow. We're named, we're name dropping now. That's right. I really had a huge crush on Jeff Brasso. <laughs> wow. Am I allowed to say that? You're totally saying? allowed to okay, say good. that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I remember from just a little girl, we would sit on the couch, popcorn, watching the UK basketball game. So I think that I really actually just wanted to play basketball for the men's basketball team at yeah. UK. I didn't even think there was a difference, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it shows you were brought up in a loving, nurturing household Absolutely. that you're allowed to watch UK. Who knows what's going on? That's right. They're doing it the right way. I mean, obviously. So, you know, I've got to go a little. Jeff Brasso is from Texas. Does that have know. any influence on you being in Dallas? No. But I guess if I could stalk him, I probably would. <laughs> 
teasing you guys. I'm teasing. Do you, do you ever listen to Kentucky Sports Radio? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, My you know, brother's all over it. You know, all they, they have some Brasso stories on they Kentucky do. Sports. Yes, they do. You might, they might ruin, it might ruin your thoughts it on Jeff. might. So maybe I better not listen. Yeah, you probably, probably ought to stay away from that. So, <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. But you know, I really think Patino did Brasso wrong at the end because, you know, he didn't play him much his senior year. Yeah. Early on, he I played know. a lot. Right. I mean, he won the Maui Classic. That's for, right. He did, and he just hustled. He got in there, and he could do so much. Yeah, and Patino just forgot about him at the end. I think. Yeah. So, so talk about uh, talk about some of your high school coaches, and, and okay, uh, you yes. know, we've talked about Coach Heflin, obviously, and uh, you know, it's our our hope to get him on here. Absolutely. Very soon. Oh, I hope he will. I so, hope he so will. talk about some of your basketball okay, coaches. So basketball. So we played church leagues, you know, and met. Or just played against all these girls that would later become great players at their high school. Sherry Powers, Stephanie Wallace. Do you remember her? Stephanie yes. Wallace? Yeah. Um, and, of course, I mean, Marsh County girls. But we'll get into them later. Yes. Um, so then um, middle school came and Coach Dan Pope, who's now, I think he's the principal maybe at Lone Oak Elementary. So he coached us in middle school and loved it, you know, and just really loved our group of girls. We had a lot of strong basketball players. Melanie Sims was a great Lone Oak basketball player. She's Mar- now, married to uh, Tony Jarvis. That's right. Yeah. Melanie Jarvis. That's right. Uh, so we started middle school and played together and then we just developed from there. And then you have coach Mike Clark in high school. And then of course, coach Larry Hopper, yeah. St. Mary's guy. He was a wonderful coach. Yeah. I remember, I remember coach Hopper, uh, coaching the boys at St. Mary's. He yes. had some really good boys teams with Joe Hall and, uh, Donald Overstreet, uh, some guys, Joe Hall ended up playing in the major leagues yes. with the white Sox, right. And, right. uh, and yeah. then, uh, Overstreet played at Murray state and I think Kentucky Wesleyan as well. So yeah, I mean, he developed a lot of, a lot of good, uh, basketball and baseball players. Yes. So you talk about your high school basketball experience. What would you say was the thing that you took away from basketball? I mean, you obviously grew up a Kentucky fan and, you know, sports is about learning lessons. What would you say you took from basketball? Well, basketball was so different from tennis in that it's a team sport, really. You know, tennis, you're kind of out there on your own. If you hit the ball in the net, you know, that's your fault. You can't look around, really. But in basketball, what I loved about basketball is that if you missed the shot or you made a bad pass, you could run back down the court and you could make up for it. You could steal the ball. You could play great defense. You get that ball back and go up to the other end and score. But um, I just love the team camaraderie out there, just having teammates and just moving and passing and jumping. And basketball is such an athletic sport. How would you uh, how would you compare and contrast maybe Coach Hopper's coaching style versus Coach Heflin's? Coach Hopper was just a tiny bit more laid back, I think. But he knew his stuff. You know, he's very calm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think on a basketball sideline, it's harder to stay calm as a coach, I would think, because it's just so much more fast-paced. Uh, but Coach Heflin was also very calm, but you could feel the intensity burning in his eyes, I guess. So while they were both intense and competitive, they just had different personalities. Coach Hopper was kind of more funny and sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. And Coach Heflin was just, you know, a little bit more intense on the inside, a little more. Because, you know, that's one thing we talk about is, you know, each coach has his own style. Yes. Motivation. Uh, coaches do things differently. They get to – a lot of them get to the same point through different modes and, and different yes. ways of doing yeah. it. Uh, you know, I, I know I had uh, Coach Hatcher I played for who uh-huh. was very in your face. Yes. And then at Murray State I played for Coach Reagan who was – 
could not have been more polar opposite. Right. Very quiet, subdued. Right. Yeah. But they both get it done in that's their own right. ways. That's right, in their so. own ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about one thing that's interests me uh, about you. You played uh, tennis at UMass. Yes. Which, yeah. you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think a lot of Western Kentucky kids go to UMass. Talk about your recruitment and kind of how, how that happened. Yeah, I was getting recruited by different schools, and then UMass just kind of started calling this tennis coach her name is Judy Dixon. She's still there. She actually was this huge Title IX woman. And I guess when you're young, you don't appreciate what she did for girl athletes, you know, open the door for many of us just to go play in college. So she played um, tennis with Billie Jean King around that era. So she was a big deal. She did a lot of radio. As Played as a pro? Yes. Okay. She played as a pro. Yeah. As a pro. So she was kind of building this UMass tennis team and she was kind of the beginnings of it. So, um, we had just made a video and just sent it all over and she called us and then her assistant coach was this guy named Dan Rosenberg, this New York city guy who just loved to talk and talk and talk. So he would call me and we would talk for hours and then talk about New York city. He knew I loved New York and he would tell me everything about that. So I guess he thought that was his way (laughs) in you know and then I went up there for a visit and uh this little five foot jersey girl these big blue eyes and just cursed like a sailor I'd never heard anything like it but we danced to Madonna in the dorm room hall all night long and I was like oh I'm just in love you know, so that was it. <laughs> that's that's pretty typical of my recruitment, Shane. Is that right, little Madonna? <laughs> little Madonna, though. It was that era. I mean, you know, uh, it, it was a little uncomfortable because I was dancing with the guys. But hey, you know, whatever it takes. I to can get it tell done. you're probably a good dancer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, your intuition is not that good. I have, to, <laughs> I have to tell you that. My wife would really appreciate hearing that. She would like to hear that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, when uh, when it comes to the dance and she's uh, and you know my son is a, is in all honesty my son has no shame he will get up he's Good a freshman for him. he's doing oh, the whip oh my god he'll do it all he does it all and and he'll even say <laughs> something about uh, dad is this how you used to dance and your my, my wife will say he didn't dance <laughs> so she she knows but uh, well well that's so um, so what other schools were you talking to at the time. I remember I went down and hit with the Florida State coach, and then the UK coach came and watched me play basketball and then took me out to eat at the incredible restaurant called Applebee's. Wow. I know. That was a big one back then, right? Right off the end of the street by the mall. Is that an NCAA violation? Applebee's? Yeah. Is it? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Big spender, obviously. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Just wine and dine, right? You know, it's a shame they don't have the budget that we have here at DaxMyHand.com. That's right. It's, that's become very apparent. So so was was going to UK a dream, kind of, because well, you like basketball I know, so much there? I loved it. I loved it. I don't know. I think I couldn't wait to just get far away. Something inside me just wanted to just go explore. I guess that's what it was. And UMass was really far away. And it was beautiful up there, and I guess I just did it. So did they have you up there during the summer? Because I can imagine right, the winter no, no, would right, have been a negative. No, it was like February, I think. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I went to their indoor practice, and just a great group of girls. And so she coached the men's and the women's team. So it was like a big family. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know great. there's a picture on your Facebook page with a bunch of UMass folks oh, all. A, yeah, guys and girls. Yeah. yeah. We traveled together. We played um, matches together. Yeah. yeah, they were like brothers. 
talk about one thing that interested me as I was uh, I was going through some old UMass media guides in preparation for the interview. And you know, you played at some pretty prestigious colleges. Like you know, I guess y'all you played a lot of the yes. Ivy League schools. Well, yeah, we were in the Atlantic Tens mm-hmm. and I think they still are. I'm not sure. So yeah, we would play a lot of Ivy League schools. We would go to Dartmouth and play. That was beautiful. Yeah. And uh Harvard and we played uh Yale. Yeah, she would arrange those matches because they weren't in our conference. Mm-hmm. Well, and they were close to you there, right? And they were pretty so close. not That's right. not too bad travel. Yeah. That was one thing that jumped out at me. Uh, you know, is 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 the the schools you play? Because you know, we didn't play those schools at Murray State in baseball. Well, but they were all there. There are the local schools there. You yeah, know? we played Austin P, and you know, yeah, those are great schools <laughs> too. Here, yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that's trying to be funny. So so the thing that that kind of pulled you in besides Madonna, besides uh, Madonna, that's right. Was, People who know me will laugh. They'll be laughing. <laughs> So, so what pulled you in there was a lot of the family atmosphere and just, you know, plus wanting to get away from home and just get far away and experience something different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk about your, your time at UMass and some of the things that jump out at you that you recall. I will say that those years in college are some of the best years of your life, you know, in memories and just those friendships, those teammates of mine, they all, I just had a big birthday. I won't say which one a few weeks ago. 28. 28, 28. That's a big one. That's a big milestone. And several of them flew in. These are my teammates. Uh, one came in from California, Colorado, Boston, even, uh, my doubles partner flew in from Montreal to surprise me for this big birthday. So the, our tennis team, that core group of us, there are seven of us girls that have remained just tight as you can be, because when you are living every minute together, you're practicing every minute together, you eat every meal together, you do everything together, you know, they know you inside and out. And it's hard to find that as you get older. That's one thing that I would say probably surprises people from the outside looking in. Yeah. Uh, They focus a lot on the wins and losses and what did you do. so much more than that. Exactly. That's That's one thing I would like to get across to a lot of kids maybe, or a lot of parents who have kids that are going through the recruiting process that the personal side is as important, maybe more important than even the sports side of it. Because at the end of the day, do you sit around and think about how many wins and losses you had? It was the experiences you had. That's right. Yes. But on that note, you were the all-time doubles uh, wins leader at UMass. Maybe for a while I was. I don't even know. I don't read that stuff. I don't remember. Well, we (laughs) researched it as you you were. Yes. Okay. You know, again, like I spoke to you earlier, I was the all-time three-point leader at the Kentucky State Tournament. You can never take that off. Picture Dax. That's right. Look at that form. Yes. That is a life-size. You rendition like the of you and, yeah. in the corner. Beautiful. Elbow yeah. in. Yes. Yes. And, and just a shout out to anyone who's considering doing the podcast. You too can see that photo. Come in. If you come in. And see so. this photo. <laughs> so so uh, what about, did y'all win any championships at UMass? Anything? No, we did pretty well in the A-10s. Uh, Virginia Tech was always the top tennis team. When we played there. Do you think that was from the influence of having a former Murray State that coach there as Maybe the football coach? so. That is right. That's right. You know, we're conquering the world, Murray That's State. That's right. Here. Murray State. Mur- well, oh, my goodness, speaking of Murray State. Yeah, so, go on. So, you know, one of our neighbors right there, um, Singleton. Mm-hmm. Didn't he play for Murray State? Yes, yeah. 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 A lot of great athletes that mm-hmm. live in the Dallas area, you know, that retire. 
Well, now, Popeye um, Jones. Popeye Jones. And his I, son is a hockey player, right? Yes, Popeye was funny? a contemporary of mine at he Murray was. State. Yes. In fact, uh, Popeye and I have the same degree from Murray you State: Occupational Safety and Health. Well, you need to reach out to him, well, get him back in here. So, you know, one name you mentioned a little earlier, and I haven't talked to you about this, but uh, Mel Purcell. Yes. Was Mel an oh influence gosh. on you? Did yes. you work with him at all? So, well, Benny. I mean, let's talk about legends, yeah. coaching legends, right? In yeah. this area, there's so many, and we're going to talk about more of those. Howard Beth, yeah. Benny Purcell, and now Mel Purcell coaches the team. So we would go in the summers, as I got older, we would go up to the Benny Purcell Mid-South Tennis Camp. At Murray State? At Murray State, yes. Benny and Mel were just always so wonderful, just the best kind of people you can know, really. And so Benny was still there a lot. Mel was still kind of traveling and playing tennis. He was still kind of in his career when I started, but then as I got older, he was there more, you know, when he retired and came back. And so Benny left him this incredible Murray State men's tennis legacy and yeah. Mel took it over and he's doing the same things with it. Talk about maybe some of the things you got from, you know, here's Mel Purcell. Uh, would he finish top eight at Wimbledon or was it final yes, four? Yes, I think he might've been semifinals, maybe a couple times, some great wins. He had some big wins yeah. against maybe Bjorg. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Bjorn Borg. Some big wins, yeah. yes. So how cool was that, that you could be here playing at Murray State, just running around, uh, a snot-nosed kid, and he'll, here's Mel Purcell out on the tennis court doing these things that you can't even imagine he could do. He was so athletic. Oh, my gosh. Benny was a basketball player. Yeah. His dad. Um, a great basketball player. I think I've heard the story that Benny never really played tennis. and No. And then became the coach. Yeah, picked up tennis, yeah. and he was a phenomenal tennis player. Yeah. I mean, and he loved to win, too. Yeah. He would kill himself before he let himself loose. Here's a guy whose uh, jersey hangs in the Murray State gym in the CFSB Center as a basketball player. Yes, as a basketball player. And also, in uh, one, I can't even remember how many OVC titles they won. They Just won. I know, I can't remember. crazy amount crazy. under yeah. Benny. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was at Murray toward the end of Benny's career. So I was around him a little bit, and I was actually around Mel a little bit. In the uh, Our locker room was in the uh, basement of Racer Arena. Yes. And so we would see, I would see Mel a lot in the training room. And, yes. and he was always, what I remember about Mel is he was always really funny. Oh, yeah. And, and a cool to guy, you know. Yeah. And, and he would mess with us baseball players and just kind of. Yeah, great personality, yes. Yeah, a really great guy. So so what would be a thing you picked up from Mel? Uh, maybe about his touring days? or some maybe some uh, nuggets that he handed to you that well, you recall. this is the great thing about Mel. So he he would come in, you know, when he was not traveling and stuff. So then you would try to get to have these little private lessons with him. And that was really exciting because to work out with him for an hour, I mean, it was a workout like you'd never had before. You would just, your level would be raised and you're doing things you couldn't imagine doing with a tennis racket. Yeah. Because he's just so inspiring and that good and that athletic. And funny, a great personality. Yeah. Well, and would you say, you know, I know in, in baseball, this really, and even probably basketball too, a key to raising your game is to play people who are better than you Absolutely. or as good. Yes. Rather, you know, it, it, we always talk about in baseball, it does you no good to play somebody and beat them 23 to nothing. You right. want to you want to play people that really challenge you. Is yes. it the same in tennis? Yeah, sure. That's why Coach Heflin had us playing you know, in these other cities, bigger cities, more, more competition. Mm -hmm. Sure, he knew. Especially in like summer programs, and, and we've talked a lot about summer basketball, summer baseball. 
a lot of coaches get hung up on wins and losses mm-hmm. when in our mind we feel like it's wins or losses i'm not going to say they don't matter but it's more important to play someone who challenges you yeah, to, in, to and get develop. better and, and develop that's yes, right and yeah. uh, and and would you say that was a key to your development Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Developing. That's it. That's it. So today, and I guess I can notice that because my kids playing sports now and I watch and uh, soccer is really huge. My kids all play soccer mm-hmm. and my oldest is really intense with her soccer because of the age and so many great soccer players and teams coming out of that area, North Texas. But these coaches and teams are like these huge systems, right? So they don't really care about the development of a player. They care about the money and they care about the wins and losses. Mm -hmm. So we're fortunate that my daughter gets to play in this incredible soccer club, Dallas Rush Soccer Club. And we have this great coach who played at the University of Louisville, actually. He's from Paris, France. Gerard Vautier. A great coach coming out of the University of Louisville. It was soccer. Come on. It was okay, soccer. we'll go with okay, that. It was soccer. We'll go with okay, I mean, I, okay. I was about to get I mean, a can of hair. My point was that he you. was in Kentucky. <laughs> That's you know, good enough. That we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. So he cares about these girls being the best players they can be, and that means developing their skills, right? And not just wins and losses when you're 10 years old. And I would assume, though, a coach who does that, he probably wins too, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean yes. it, it, it seems to me, you know, one thing. Uh, on some of the other podcasts we've done, we've talked about some of my travel teams. When I first started yeah. with travel baseball, I had the worst team around here by uh-huh. far. Uh-huh. And, you know, we told our kids, hey, we're going to do things right. We're going to play correctly. We're not going to take shortcuts. And I said, I promise you, we will win. And, you know, we by will. the end, four or five years later, we were winning like yes. great one World Series and yes, did some yeah. great things. And so, but I think the key in my mind was de- developing the individual kid. Yes. And that's when those wonderful coaches come into play. They truly care. Yeah. About that kid. Yeah. You just, and helping you just him said be it the again. Best they can be. You just said what it again. I say. They care. They care. They care. And yeah. that's, that's the, I think that's the theme. Yeah. So talk, you know, you're talking about the development in these leagues and so forth. What are some of the negatives you see in these, in these type of systems? Did you talk oh, a little bit about they it? They're crazy systems. I mean, you coach that travel baseball. So it's, it's similar, you know, that, I mean, it's select soccer. I guess it's the traveling you play mm-hmm. together, but our team is lucky. They've been together. These little girls, most of them since kindergarten, um, we don't allow players to come on, you know, so these big uh, clubs will just find this good player and they're like, we want this player, we want him to come over. So you have like this team of mercenaries, you could say, right? And they might win some games and do some crazy stuff. But then you have this group of girls that's been playing together since they were kindergarten who love each other more than they even know. And they have joy and they have fun and they're learning these great skills. So guess what? They win, and they do it the right way. And think of the memories. You know, you talked about your church league. Yeah. Those are great memories for yeah. you, I'm sure. And they'll have those memories yes. of the girls they grew up with. Yeah. Rather than, you know, I've, I've noted that <clears throat> when you when you get into that mercenary-type ball, you don't develop the friendships. No. Because it's, you're here one week, gone another, right. or here right. part of a season. So they're having these great memories at a really young age. You know, this little team, their team I look at, it's like my college team. You've been listening to part one of Dax's interview with Caroline Steele. To hear the rest of the interview, click on the part two at DaxMyHand.com.